What's up, everybody? This is the Master Passive Income Podcast. My name's Dustin Heiner. I am the founder of Master Passive Income. This is a site where we solely talk about real estate and rental properties and how you can quit your job with real estate. Now, today I'm recording out of Orlando, Florida. And that's right, I'm here with my family. I think I might have told you many times that we love to travel. This year we went in March, April, and May to Europe for six weeks all throughout Europe. We went to 11 different countries. It was super amazing. Um, recently I went to Alaska. Now we're here in Orlando, Florida doing a ton of great things like riding airboats. That was really awesome. Um, tickling alligators and going to SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, um, Universal, Walt Disney, or Disney World, all that great stuff. It's been a blast. So anyways, we're going to be talking today all about the six ways you make money with real estate rental properties. Now, you can make money many different ways, and I'm going to give you the six specific ways that you are going to be able to change your life with real estate. You don't just make money one way. Like if you invest your money in a stock and you get a return as the price goes up, you get money. That's called appreciation. You get money as you sell it. That We don't get just that. We also get cash flow every single month. We also get tax benefits. We get so many great things that I'm going to go through every one of them with you today. Now, these six things are fantastic. I'm going to show you how you can make a 780% return on your money in just one year. And then it compounds year after year. It gets bigger and bigger and you make more and more money. All right, now let's get started in this podcast session where we talk all about the six ways you make money with real estate rental properties. Let's do it. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. And greetings from Orlando, Florida. I am currently here in the humid Orlando, Florida area. So for anybody who has ever been to Florida, you realize how humid it is here. Now, this is September when I'm recording it. It's actually late September, and it's still humid. It's like 100% humidity and 90 to 95 degrees in heat and so hot. And I was actually playing basketball outside today, and it was just ridiculously hot. But I do get people say, well, how can you live in Arizona? It's so hot there. It gets to, what, 115 degrees, 120 degrees? Well, yeah, it does, but it's super dry compared to something like Florida. Oh, my goodness. So Florida was probably the worst humidity I felt. Actually, I take that back. I was in Japan about uh, five or no, maybe eight years ago when my uncle passed away. He lived in Japan. He's Japanese. Anyways, he lives in Japan. And he passed away, and I flew out there in July. It was July or early August, and that was super humid. Man, if you live in someplace humid, I can't I can't stress enough how awesome I think you are because I cannot do it. I had to live in a place that's like Arizona where it's hot, but man, it's not humid. So it is so much easier to live in someplace that's not humid where it's like pressing in on you. So I'm in Florida and I'm here at a conference and the conference is all about how to be a better podcaster, how to be able to um, you know, get your message out. It's called FinCon Financial Conference and it's a great conference to be at, but I've also brought my family. Since we homeschool our kids, we can 
easily just up and leave and go do homeschooling in another state or wherever we want. So we make our life very, very flexible. So we're here. We're also doing a lot of great things like there. The kids are out tickling alligators and playing with them. And do, we did airboat rides and um, bush garden, sea world, things like that. So it's fantastic being here in Orlando, Florida. So I, as I'm here, I always love to do a podcast when I'm on vacation or when I'm traveling, when I'm abroad, because I absolutely love to travel, just love, love, love traveling. And right now, I want to show you guys that traveling is fantastic. So I have a blog post where if you go to my homepage, masterpassiveincome.com, you can, if you scroll down the bottom, you can see all the traveling that we do. I post them on there and you can see the pictures of our most recent trip to Orlando, Florida. So you can see, you know, what all the great things we're doing, how much fun we're having. Um, but I also want to do record a podcast because I want you to see that your life can be drastically changed by real estate rental properties. And today's podcast session is really all about how rental properties make you money. They make you money six different ways. There are so many great things about rental properties, but these are the six different ways that you're going to make money with rental properties. All right, let's jump right into it. So the first way that you make money with rental properties, and obviously the best way is cash flow. Cash flow is basically money coming in your pocket without you doing any work because it's passive income. It's money going in your pocket so you don't have to work a day or an hour or anything like that. But the money comes in your pocket in a positive way. Negative cash flow would be coming out of your pocket, but we have a positive cash flow of money coming in. So really what it comes down to is you have your rent from the property, from the tenants that are renting it, minus your expenses, every bit of your expenses from your mortgage, your taxes, your insurance, property manager fees, if you have any uh, maintenance, if you have a vacancy factor, or you should have a vacancy factor, which I go into in, in uh, another lesson. But there are so many things you got to, you have to account for, making sure that you account for all the expenses. Now, after you have all your expenses calculated out, whatever is left over after that rent comes in, that goes in your pocket that you can spend, you can save, you can put to another investment, another property. So this is how cash flow works. So if you go to my show notes page, everything I talk about, all the numbers in this session, everything that I'm talking about, I actually have everything written down so you can check it out and really see it because as I explain it, it might not click or it might not make sense, all these different numbers that I'm going to be sharing with you. So I want you to go to my show notes page, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash zero two eight. If you go there, you'll be able to see all the different numbers and I'll even throw some pictures in there from Florida trip. You want to see those too. So this is how you basically do it with your cash flow, calculating cash flow. Step one, you need to calculate your gross rents both yearly and monthly. So calculate all the rents. So if you're renting the home for $1,000 a month, well, that's $1,000 a month times 12 months is $12,000 a year. Now, if you didn't have any expenses and that was $12,000 a year coming in your pocket, that's an extra $12,000 in income for you. But we all know there's going to be expenses. It's a business. You're going to have expenses like mortgage and taxes, insurance, and all that sort of stuff. So after you calculate both the yearly and monthly rents, use in step number two, add up total 
all the variable expenses, both yearly and monthly, variable would be things that are not fixed. Like your mortgage is probably a fixed amount. It probably isn't going to go up or more than likely it's not going to go up or down or, or change. It's going to be the same. So variable expenses, every single expense you can think of. And if you go to my site, I have a free calculator, a passive income calculator that if you go to the very top of my page, click on resources, you can go to my rental property calculator that's going to show you all the expenses to look out for and it helps you to calculate if you're going to have a positive cash flow every single month. So step one was calculate your gross rents. Step number two, calculate all the variable expenses, all the different expenses that you're going to come across every single month and then multiply that by 12, which gives you the year. Step number three, add up in total your yearly mortgage payments. So if you're going to look up how much you're paying per month. Let's say you're paying $500 a month in your mortgage payments. Well, you want to make sure that you account for that on top of or including with your expenses in step number two. So you got your mortgage payment. Now, step number four, deduct the variable expenses and mortgage payments from your gross rents. So you total step number two and step number three. So basically all your expenses are totaled together. Then you take your income minus your income, meaning the rent from the property, minus your expenses, and that is your total that you're making in passive income cash flow every single month. Now, when you take your income minus your expenses, that's the total cash flow that you have put in your pocket. Now, we're going to take that one step further. And again, these will be in the show notes page. We're going to take that one step further. And when you need to go look at the show notes page, definitely go right ahead and do that. So we're going to take it one step further and see and calculate your return on your investment. To show you an example of how much your return on your investment in one year for how much money you put down, for the sake of easy numbers, let's say you put down $2,000 as a down payment, which you know a lot of people may say, wow, that's very low. Well, when you look at an FHA loan, you can put three and a half percent down, which you can get them really low. Plus, if you do seller financing, if you do, uh, there's a lot of low and mo no money downs. Let's just say $2,000 being the down payment. Now, if you earn $500 on that $2,000, well, that's a 25% return on your investment. So in one year, if you earn $500 on your $2,000, that's 25% because it's a quarter of $2,000. If you made $4,000 in one year from one rental property, it was absolutely doable. Divide that by $2,000. Well, that's a 200% return on your money because you put $2,000 down, but in one year, you already made $4,000 back. You made your money over twice over. So that's a 200% return on your investment. Now, let's say you made $5,000 in one year, which I easily do on many of my properties, made $5,000 in one year from one property, and you only put $2,000 down, well, that's a 250% return on your investment. It's very, very simple to come up with this calculation, basically making sure how much money is coming out of your pocket to buy the investment and how much in one year, not, not the life of the entire property, how long you own it, but in just one year, you can make up to in this instance, 250% return on your investment. Imagine trying to get that in the stock market. You absolutely will not be able to get that. So that's a possibility that you can do. And this is absolutely one of the best ways, in my opinion, for you to make money with cash flow coming in your pocket. This is the net profit valuation. So you see how much your net profit is and you evaluate what your return 
on your investment. And on my show notes, I have an even more detailed explanation. Like I break it down per month and per year. I walk through all the taxes, insurance, vacancy factor, you know, holding for miscellaneous fees and, and expenses and things like that. And also your mortgage. And then it pops out. So this is the way it works out. Now let's move on to the second way that you make money. The second way that you make money is with equity capture. Now, equity is the amount of money that is basically in your home. So let's say you have a house that's worth $200,000. Well, you may have a mortgage that has $100,000 left to pay off. Like you're paying it off little by little and you owe $100,000. Well, the total value is $200,000. That means what's left over is $200,000 minus $100,000, which is how much you owe. And that equals $100,000 in equity in the property that you have. Basically, what the extra value is above how much you owe on the property. Now, equity capture is utilizing that equity, but when you buy the property. Now, let's say you buy a home. The market value is $125,000. You find a really good deal where it's worth $125,000, but you purchase it for $100,000. And trust me, this is not out of the out of the blue or out of the normal. This is actually happens all the time. You can get a good return because you buy the property lower. So what happens is the market value is currently $125,000, but you only pay $100,000. Well, you have $25,000 in net equity capture gain. So immediately, right when you buy the property, you have earned or made an extra $25,000 because you did a good job finding a good deal, negotiating the price down, and buying the property. And now the equity that's left over in there from the mortgage and everything, left over to how much it's valued worth, that is now your money, not in your pocket, but it's in your property, which then you can, if you wanted to refinance, pull that money out or get a home equity loan or something like that. I'll give you a practical example. A house I brought in Houston, it was valued at $215,000, but the homeowners could not sell it because the septic system was bad. The septic system was completely gutted and it wasn't even working. And so they could not sell the property because most normal home buyers they would go through a bank and a bank would not lend on that property because it's uninhabitable. They can't live in it because the septic system doesn't work. So the bank's not going to lend any money to somebody who can't live in the property. And so I came in and even though it was worth 215000 I gave them an offer of 150000 I think it was. $150,000 because I knew it's going to cost at least $15,000 for the septic system. I'm not going to, you know, eat that bullet. I'm going to make sure that it's reflected in the price of the property. So all that to say, I got the property. I think I spent $151,000 for the property and I paid cash so that because I didn't have to use a bank, was able to pay cash and bought the property. But now what's great was all that amount. I mean, that was almost $65,000 in net equity capture that I got on that property. Isn't that absolutely amazing? I love getting the equity capture. Now, here's the thought. I want you to take this and rack it in your brain. You make your money when you buy the property. You realize that money when you sell the property. Give you a really easy example. If you buy a stock, let's say Apple stock, you buy the Apple stock and this is not real numbers, it's just made up, but you buy it for $100 per share of that stock. Well, I know that's not the price right now, but let's just, for example, say that. You buy it for $100 per share, you buy one share and you spend $100. Well, after some time, it appreciates or the value of it goes up and people would pay you $150 for it. Well, if you sold it at $150, you just made $50. So 
you made your money when you bought it because you bought it right. Now, if you bought it at $200 and you sold it for 150, well, you lost money because you bought it for more than you can sell it for. Same thing with a property. You want to buy it where you make money the first day that you buy it because the equity in the property makes you money on top of that. So if you buy a home that's worth $125,000 and you pay $100,000 for it, you automatically make $25,000. Now for the sake of argument, for the sake of round numbers, show you a return on investment. If you bought a home for $10,000 down payment, with that $10,000 down payment, you bought and made $25,000 in net equity capture. That's a 250% return on your investment just by buying that one property. You literally had a huge return on your investment. Now it's in your equity, it's not cash in your pocket, but it's very, very close to being cash because you can do lots of things. And I'll show you how to do lots of things to get that get at that money so you can invest it more. Your next one, the third one is forced appreciation. So there's different appreciations. This one's forced appreciation. Now in forced appreciation, it's where you find a property that is distressed or that needs work. Basically, it needs a you know paint job, it needs lipstick and you know all that good stuff to make it more valuable for other people who may want to buy it. Now, if you're flipping a house, this is your bread and butter. You force appreciate it and you make sure that the value goes up because what all the work you put into it. Now, when you buy properties, when you and I as investors in real estate for rental properties, we wanna find properties that we can put value into Maybe not as much as a flipping property, but we do want to make sure we get a good cash flow, but we also want to make sure we can force the appreciation and force the value to go up. I always say you don't buy the prettiest house on the street. Like don't take the prettiest girl to prom. You want to take the average one that you can fix up and make it look great. It's kind of metaphorical, but you want to find a property on the street that is not the best property, one that needs work, like needs, um, the, like the lawn needs to be mowed because it has been mowed in like four weeks or 10 weeks um, to paint the outside or remove some trees, cut back the shrubs, paint the inside of the house, get new carpeting, new flooring, and really that's it. I mean, you're gonna probably spend maybe five, ten thousand $10,000, but the amount of forced appreciation you're gonna have can be up to twenty. because you've made it more appealing to buyers and made the value go up. So that's forced appreciation where you put in your own sweat equity and you make the value go higher because people will pay more for that property because it's a better value. It's a better deal for people because it's a better property. All right, next one, number four, market appreciation. So another appreciation, just like forced appreciation, but this is market appreciation. Over time, a rental property, a home, any any home actually goes up in value because there's only one thing they're not making any more of, and that's land. We found all the land. Like you just look on Google Earth, you'll see all the land there is. They're not making any more of it. Now, there people always need a place to live. People always need a place to sleep. And so people are always going to be paying more and more. Just with inflation alone, you're going to be the value of your home is going to be going up and up and up, not to mention interest rates. When interest rates are low, people can buy more of a house. They could spend more money on a house because interest rates are lower. So they pay less in interest and they can make a better payment and buy a more house than they than they can normally afford. Now, this is not for all types of things that you can buy. Let me give you an example. If you buy a brand new 2019, you know, it's 2018 right now, but hey, the next new model of Ford pickup trucks or Nissan this or that or whatever car, whatever your favorite type of car is, if you buy that car and drive it off the lot 
it immediately depreciates. The value immediately goes down by at least 25% in value from a new car. As soon as you drive a lot, it's no longer new. It's now used. So the value goes down. But then you keep driving it for 10 years, 15 years, 20, 30 years. The value will eventually go down to zero because it's eventually no good. But that's not how rental properties or homes are. Homes always appreciate over time. Now, unless it's burned down, that's a different story. But they always appreciate over time just because people are always buying and inflation and interest rates. There's so many different market variables. So market appreciates over time. And this is a big reason why people who flip homes love flipping homes because they buy it at one price. And after they do some work on it, just because over time it's going to go up, that's another way that they're going to be making money uh, on top of the forced appreciation and also equity capture. They also get the market appreciation just because over time it does go up. It's fantastic. So that's the fourth way. The fifth way is equity buildup. And honestly, cash flow is fantastic, but this one's right there with it. Now, let me give you an example. If you buy a $100,000 house, and you put in $10,000 as a down payment, your initial loan amount would be $90,000. And every single month you make a mortgage payment, it goes towards the principal, which means the balance of the money that you borrowed. It goes towards that. But here's the best thing. On top of the, the total principal going down, the best thing is that you don't actually pay that. If you bought a $100,000 house, you put $10,000 of your own money down, your tenant is the one that pays off the rest of the $90,000. Whoever your tenant is, they're making you a payment for rent. And you've already calculated in your mortgage into the expenses. Well, that mortgage is paying down every single month. Now, the value of your home's going up, but the amount that you owe goes down. So that's equity buildup. And the beautiful thing is, again, your tenant pays that for you. Isn't that just absolutely amazing? You Wouldn't you just love to be able to buy a car and have somebody else pay off the rest of the balance of that note? Of course you would. That's the same way it is with rental properties. Your tenants pay off your mortgage. It's absolutely amazing. Now, the last one, the fifth one that I'm gonna give you is tax advantages. There are many, many tax advantages. I'm gonna go through a couple very, very quickly. So when you buy one property, the IRS sees that property as a business. You now have a business that you can deduct business expenses on. Let's say you drive from your house to go see your house and visit it and make sure everything's all good to go. Just literally driving there, you can deduct your driving expenses from your total income. Or if you fix up the property, you add granite countertops or you put in new windows or replace the carpet or paint it, you do all those sort of things, that is eating into your income. Well, the IRS says, well, you know, you made $100,000 total in this property or your business for one year. You had $50,000 in expenses. We're only going to tax you on that $50,000 in profit. So your tax burden goes down because you have a business. But what else can you write off? Which means what else can you take off in your income and write against your income so that you pay less in taxes? Well, what if you have a cell phone? Do you use a cell phone for running your business? Absolutely you do. What if you have internet at home? Well, if you're using the internet at home, you can write off a portion of that for your business. If you work at home, if you have a, a small office, you know, well, I'm going to definitely say talk to your accountant to make sure you do all this right, but you can write off a portion of your mortgage and your utilities and all that sort of stuff as an expense because you're utilizing a part of it for your business. There's so many different great ways you can write off your income, basically it reduces your tax burden, your tax liability 
because you now have a business if you just buy one property. Another great way is depreciation. With the tax advantages, another thing on top of having it as a business where you reduce your, your income, you also have depreciation. Depreciation is something that um, a lot of people have called the phantom expense. Basically, it's, it's a fake expense that even though you and I know the value of our properties go up over time, the IRS allows us to depreciate, basically write off the value of the home over 27 years. So if you buy a house for $100,000, over the next 27 years, you can deduct a little bit out of your income as depreciation over the next 27 years until it goes all the way down to zero to where it's not an asset anymore. It's absolutely amazing how you can actually just write this off. It's just a whole expense that the IRS allows us to do. I'm not sure why or how, but that's exactly the way it works. It's terrific. Now, here's another quick way, another awesome tax advantage I'm going to give you. You can actually defer your taxes when you sell a property over and over again, almost indefinitely. Now, here's what it's called. It's called a 1031 exchange. 1031 is the tax code. It was made a long time ago when there was a guy that he knew that you can sell your real estate and um, he wanted to make sure that he didn't get taxed on it because he's buying another property. So, you know, he, he went to court and all that sort of stuff and won. But anyways, the IRS has made it so that the 1031 exchange now, if you sell, you know, I'll start from the beginning. If you buy a home for $100,000, well, after a number of years of you renting it out, it goes up to $200,000. Well, you sell the property. Your original purchase price was $100,000. You sold it for $2,000. Well, then the leftover is $100,000 in profit, right? Yeah, $100,000 in profit. Now, the IRS, if you didn't do a 1031 exchange, they'll say, well, with that $100,000 in profit, we are going to tax you on that profit. The $100,000, we're going to tax you on it, whatever your tax rate is, You know, talk to your accountant. But with a 1031 exchange, you can take every penny of that and buy another rental property or another property of like kind. That's the terminology IRS likes to use, like kind, like it's in the same type of investment. I've heard, you know, you can't sell the rental property and go buy a horse, you know, for investing in a horse or something like that, but it has to be like real estate. Um, I've heard a little different stories, but obviously talk to your accountant. But if you buy another property that is worth 400000 or 300000 or 205000 whatever it is, as long as you're putting your money back into real estate without you touching it, you do not pay any taxes and you roll that over into the new property. And you can do that over and over and over again. Let's say you bought one, one property and then you sold that and they put it into another property. Well, then after five years, you sold that property and bought an apartment complex. Well, after another six years, you made plenty of money. There's another good deal. You sell that property and buy an even bigger apartment complex. Well, over all those many years, you've never paid income tax and you won't pay income tax until you sell it and actually put the money in your pocket. Isn't that absolutely amazing? I absolutely love everything about real estate rental properties. So those were the six great ways that you make money. Let's quickly go through them one more time. So one is net cash flow, you know, the money going in your pocket every single month. Another one is equity capture. That is the amount of money that is left in your property from the total market value versus how much you actually owe on the property. That's equity in your pocket. Now, when you buy the property, you capture that equity right away. So if you hopefully buy a property that's worth $125,000, you buy it for $100,000, you capture $25,000 in equity right then and there. The next one is forced appreciation. Forced appreciation where you do work on the property, you know, you put new carpet in, you paint the walls, you cut the lawn, things like that, and you make the value of the property go up because you put in work 
to make the value of the property higher and make it more valuable for buyers. Next one is market appreciation. Just by literally being there, it goes up over time. Over you know, the next 10 years, it'll probably appreciate another 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50%, if not more. So over time, the value of your home goes up and up and up because of market appreciation. Another great one, like I said, is equity buildup. Equity buildup is when you pay down your mortgage by every single month making a monthly mortgage payment. When you pay that monthly mortgage payment, you pay down the principal, basically what you owe on the balance of the property. But here's the huge, amazing benefit. Your tenant pays that. It's absolutely amazing that you don't even pay off the rest of the property. You buy it with a little, little, very tiny down payment, and then the tenant pays off the rest of the balance of that mortgage. Terrific. Last one is tax advantages. Everything from depreciation, 1031 exchange, running like a business. So many great things. And again, if you go to my website, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 028, the podcast show notes, you will see all these things mapped out for you so you can actually see how these numbers work. And I even show how you can potentially make a 780% return on your money in just one year. Fantastic. All right, guys. So this was everything about the six ways that you can make money with real estate rental properties. Hopefully you got a little fire in you realizing, hey, it's not just one way. It's not just two or three or four. It's actually six different ways that I can make money investing in real estate. And like I've said to many people, and I'm telling you again, that my 401k, my IRA, all the stocks that I owned, I literally cashed those out because I make so much more money. I could not make a 780% return on my stocks in one year. But in real estate, I can absolutely make a 780% return on my investment in one year. And again, go to my show notes page, you'll see all the numbers. All right, guys. Hey, I do want to also thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here with me. I really appreciate all the emails you guys send me saying that you guys really appreciate it. I do also fully appreciate you guys leaving me a honest review on my podcast. I recently got a review that I want to read to you because I want to give you guys a shout out if you leave a review on my podcast show notes page in iTunes. So this is from It's Andrew Tron. He says, this podcast has been great and very knowledgeable for my friend and I. We are excited to start investing and working to become financially free. Oh, awesome. Absolutely, um, Andrew. I completely agree. I am wholeheartedly with you. Becoming financially independent, financially free, and quitting your job early is just the best thing that you can ever do. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, um, Andrew. And everybody listening, I really, really appreciate if you go and subscribe, rate, and review my podcast, and I'll even read your review on air, give you a shout out. And one more thing is I want to make sure that you know that I have a free investing course for you. If you go to my website, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, I'll give you my free investing course so you can get started investing in real estate. Always listen to my podcast, read the articles, and check out my courses and, and coaching that I have. Would love to work with you. And I love working with my students. It's great seeing my students quit their jobs because they have enough money to become financially free, just like it seems like Andrew is going to be doing the same. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here with me. It's super fantastic that you're here sharing this time with me. I appreciate your time, and I'm trying to give you as best as I can all the information so you can quit your job with real estate rental properties. Okay, guys, get out there and get to it. <laughs>